You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Today is our week nine edition of Zhao You Doing? How you doing? Lily Zhao from Fox 6 on the show to talk a little bit of leftover topics from Packers 49ers. And we're going to do an NFC hierarchy and try and figure out where the Packers fit in, where they belong, and where they can be moving forward. Uh, We'll push a little bit, a little bit ahead to the Jaguars game. I don't want to spend too much time on it because I frankly just don't think you'll be that interested to hear about the Jaguars. Um, They're a really bad team, and Green Bay should beat them easily. We'll talk more about them on Crossover Thursday and a little bit on our Friday show. Uh, hopefully the the team is taking them more seriously than I am, but only marginally so. This, this is a team that Green Bay should be able to give a C-plus effort in and still win by two touchdowns. I want to start the show today, though, with something that Aaron Rodgers said on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. One of the ways in which the isolation of this NFL season with all of the COVID protocols and the protections and in the numbers just keep getting worse, hitting record highs in cases yesterday, uh, over a million in Wisconsin is, is continuing to see uh, cases increase. It is having an impact on all of us, right? This is not unique to players in the NFL or in any sport, but NBA players talked about the isolation. At least they got to be isolated Together, they got to hang out. They got to spend time together. NFL players don't. They don't get to go out. They don't get to hang out together. They didn't have their annual Halloween party in Green Bay. And that impacts everything that happens for this reason. Morale, in terms of an an employee setting, a professional setting, is a huge driver of efficiency. And it's not a it's not a coincidence that places like Google, like Facebook, like all the places in Silicon Valley, like every high-powered finance firm, all of these big companies are prioritizing employee happiness both in the office and outside of it because it makes you more productive. It makes you a more cohesive unit. You get to know the people and your office a little bit better. You, you you do team bonding. That's why this has been a thing for years. 
This is why you have to go on those those office retreats and you have to go do those, uh, you know, the, the escape room stuff. Spending time with people, getting to know them helps build bonds. It helps build trust. And I, I think Aaron Rodgers summed it up really well when he said, look, I having those opportunities to get to know these guys means I can be a better leader to them. I can get to know their personalities better. I understand what they need, what they're telling me they need. Here's what he said on Pat McAfee's show yesterday. I think there is a lack of distraction uh, on the one hand, but I think it does it does change the way you get to interact. I mean, there's always over the years been, you know, fun get-togethers outside the facility, whether it's uh, Halloween stuff or Thanksgiving or Christmas parties or just the, you know, the Monday night uh, dinners or going out to dinner, you know, offensive line dinners or defensive dinners or position group dinners. There's just, there's been some really fun hangouts over the years that become just a standard week to week that you really enjoy. And I think we miss that chemistry. And a lot, a lot of people don't give any, you know, credence and then don't give a shit about chemistry. But I think it's really important, um, you know, being able to trust the guys that you're playing with and, and count on those guys and, and also get to know them and understand what makes them tick and how you can uh, hold them accountable and how you can talk to them when it's going good to keep them level-headed and talk to them when it's, you know, there's some adversity and you're struggling. I think it's really important to, to being a good teammate, to being a good leader, uh, not having that opportunity, I think, is, is tough for everybody because um, I don't know that uh, you're seeing the, as close uh, units as you might in a normal season. And, and I know last year that was really important for us, especially as our defense and special teams, as Pat loved to point out last year, Bingo. carried us at times. Uh, oh, well, was weird. We really loved each other. We hung out together. We spent time off the field together. And I, we're, we're missing that. I really do. I really feel like we're missing those those fun opportunities. That's what makes the season as much as you know. We're six and two, and 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 first in the north. It hasn't quite had the same type of fun as an entire season because you miss those those fun team team moments. I talked to another player yesterday on the Packers who said, "Look, I'm all in for a Super Bowl, but COVID has made this season all business." And that sucks because the camaraderie, the locker room, those experiences, the dinners and the and the Halloween parties and all that stuff, those are all part of any employee experience. You know, the job is still the job and you, you have to do the job and that's the practice, that's the, the preparation and that's the the playing of the game. But think about your job. I bet your favorite parts of whatever you do for a living are, yeah, there's probably some things that you love about your job, hopefully, but you know what else you love? You love on a Friday night going out with your coworkers and grabbing a beer, or you love that one person in your office, you guys go get lunch and you talk about how dumb your boss is. Those are the things, the relationships you build and the experiences that you get to have, the bunker mentality at times of we're all in this together and you and you have the opportunities to bond and spend time together in a, in a non-professional setting, even just something as simple as I'm just going to come over to someone else's desk and talk to them for 15 minutes. That, that stuff is just sanity. It is mental health. You just get a break and you can have a conversation with someone that's not about work. 
those things help break up your day. Those things are valuable in, in terms of having a, a good experience in your day-to-day life. Productivity is not necessarily about being productive every second of the day. It's work smarter, not harder, right? And that doesn't mean don't work hard. It means that you have to find that balance. And I don't think it's a coincidence that in some of these games where Green Bay has not looked so hot, it has seemed like a lack of energy. Now, you can't go back last year and blame that same thing. Though in probably two of those games and and really three of the losses last year, three of the four, you can point to a lack of juice, a lack of energy, a a lack of intensity as a reason for the loss. But the chemistry part is real. And everyone on this team last year said so. I mean, think of how many players just were on this show talking about you know, the vibe and the energy. And and we had, you know, reporters on here in the locker room every day talking about, look, this, this, this team has a feel to it. It has a camaraderie. It has a, a focus that is born out of unity. You play for the guy next to you and you have to trust that guy to have your back. And these personal experiences that you have together beyond what happens on the field help you forge those relationships. Aaron Rodgers was in Randall Cobb's wedding. You don't think there's trust there? But if you can't have a wedding right now because of COVID, you don't get to have those experiences. How many times do we hear about the dinners, the offensive line dinners, the receiver room dinners, the rookie dinners, uh, even even something as simple as, as the rookie skit stuff? They might not be able to do because it is not football specific it might be considered extra or maybe maybe teams are just saying look we can't afford to do some of that stuff that we might otherwise do because of these protocols or because of the potential risk that is involved there that has impacts and and this is not just some made up uh you know kumbaya notion a lot of players that were in the NBA bubble, and that was a, a different thing, but but not totally dissimilar. They talked about the grind of the isolation. And although NFL players are not necessarily away from their families, plenty of them are single and live in an apartment by themselves. And they can't go see their friends, really. They can't go see their fellow teammates. They can't go out and get a, a beer, they can't go out and and go to a restaurant, especially in states. This is not just a Packers thing, but especially in states where, you know, restaurants are not open or they're only open for outdoor seating. And if you're a Green Bay Packer, can you go out to eat in Green Bay outdoors in a safe way, especially given where the numbers are in Wisconsin? That has mental health impacts. That isolation is real. And that's before we get to the economic impacts and all of the other things that this is creating for people. This is obviously not an ideal situation for anyone. And there are going to be some people who say, oh, poor NFL players, they're getting paid hundreds of thousands or in in some cases, you know, millions or even tens of millions to play this game and boohoo. I get it. I understand that. But we're talking about football in the show. That's the deal. So it, it sucks for them, too. That's this is the point that I'm trying to make. It, it is not great for you. It's not great for them either. 
And I bet it's impacted your productivity at work in, in some ways. And yes, it's their job to figure it out, but their job is not like your job. It's not like your job, probably in, in almost any, any conceivable way. And so when they say, look, this, this is not an ideal situation for us. And it, it hinders our ability to bond and grow as a team in the same way it would in uh, any other professional setting. I think we have to, we have to stand up and take notice of that and say, look, yeah, this, this is, this is something that they're dealing with. Now everyone's dealing with it. So it's not unique to Green Bay, but it is something that I think we just have to think about. And it's something that they're going to have to figure out moving forward. Because protecting the players and protecting their families is their number one priority. I'm sure protecting your family is your number one priority and you want to do it safely. The people at Taser believe that safer self-defense is better self-defense. Taser's line of non-lethal self-protection devices are small and lightweight enough to carry with you or in your glove compartment or purse, yet they're powerful enough to incapacitate an attacker. They use an electrical charge to immobilize attackers for up to 30 seconds, allowing you time to escape and send emergency dispatch to your location. Taser devices come loaded with features like laser-assisted targeting, emergency dispatch, which is send a response team to your GPS location upon firing. More than 237,000 lives have been saved with the Taser network of devices, apps, and personnel. Protect yourself and your family with Taser's line of smart self-defense Products. Remember, Taser is available without a permit in most U.S. states. Get the Taser Pulse Plus or the Taser Strike Light at taser.com with promo code NFL. Use Taser, T A S E R.com slash NFL to save 15% now. Week nine brought us a ton of information about where teams in the NFC stand, including Green Bay after an impressive win on Thursday that we can't forget about. Joining me now from Fox 6 in Milwaukee, Lily Zhao. And Lily, I think we have to start with this fundamental question from week nine. Zhao, you doing? Zhao, you doing, Peter? I'm doing great. Uh, you know, it's it hasn't been bad weather here in Milwaukee, so... Zhao, you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? <laughs> I am also great. Uh, and I, I think that uh, we have a lot of fun things to talk about, which is uh, another uh, reason that I'm excited to do this. As I said in the open, the, the Packers got their win. They, they got that out of the way. And then we just get to sit back and watch what happens on Sunday. And all of a sudden, you know, the early games, the Titans beat the Bears and the Bills beat the Seahawks. And the longer it all went, it's like, oh, this is all breaking really nicely for the Packers. It really is. And you know, that win in New Orleans over the Saints looking pretty good now, huh? Especially after that Sunday night game against <laughs> the Saints and the Bucks. But it's all kind of building towards Green Bay's favor because the games or the teams that needed to win won, the teams that needed to lose lost. Um, and, and I think we there was a projection I saw that had the Packers currently with the best odds of winning the NFC. Um, it's still a battle. Obviously there's still four good teams. It's just when you look at the body of work, you know, I know the Packers had a couple slip ups, but it's not, it's not, it's not too bad right now at the midway or past the midway point of the season. I mean, they're, they're looking pretty good and on track here. I think what we have to look at, and, and we're going to talk about the hierarchy in the NFC, the Packers, they they just get 
demolished by the Bucks in that game. And you, but you, if you go back and look at over the course of the season, they lose to the Vikings. The Vikings are now favored over a Bears team that already beat the Bucks. And the Packers, without Devontae Adams and without Kenny Clark, beat the Saints, who just destroyed the Bucks. The transitive property doesn't exist in the NFL, and we know that. Any given week, anyone can lose to anyone else. But has what's happened over the last few weeks changed your opinion of how you feel about the Packers relative to the Bucks? I... You know, it's weird. I feel like, you know, looking back at last year when they got blown out by the Niners, it just was a different feel. Like, it yeah. just, there was a feel that the Niners just completely dominated the Packers and just took them out of the game. But when you watch the, the Packers Bucks game, it was, they were in control until Rodgers threw that pick six. So you have to imagine, all right, he doesn't throw two picks. Maybe that's what would have turned. Maybe that's, maybe we would have seen. A repeat of Sunday night. Not saying it would have been a thirty-eight to three decision, but you know, it, there was a different feel of like the Packers gave that one away, and then that gave you know they scored fourteen points so quickly, and then it all went downhill from there. Things weren't working. The penalties are racking up. It just didn't seem like their day, but it didn't have that same feel that they just got completely dominated and they weren't going to be in the game. So yeah, that loss was bad. The Vikings game, yeah, the offense played decent. D- the defense did not play well at all, but. You kind of have to still say, yeah, this team's pretty good. and This team is still in the thick of it, I think, to win the NFC. The, the difference for me, as I go back and look at those two instances, and I think you know a lot of fans and media have looked at the, this Bucks game and said, oh, it's like the 49ers last year. They just can't beat this team for X, Y, and Z reasons. The difference is San Francisco did that to everybody. And they suffocated everyone defensively. They ran the ball at will on everyone. The Bucs haven't done that. I mean, they were they were losing by double digits at home to Justin Herbert. Like I said, they lost to Nick Foles. They almost lost to Daniel Jones for crying out loud. And, you know, they, they get blown out by the Saints. So it's like, okay, that version that we saw of the Bucs against the Packers wasn't because Tampa is some crazy bad matchup for Green Bay. It's because they played a perfect game. Green Bay didn't. And as Aaron Rodgers says, shit happens, right? So when you when we look at this hierarchy now, where do you put let's let's save the packers where do you put tampa bay in the hierarchy in the nfc i would still say oh that's a good question i was going to say saints packers right now i probably would say are the top and then you have the seahawks and the bucks oh that's a good question i i would still probably put the bucks a little bit over the seahawks just because The defense I still think is a lot better than the Seahawks defense because that pass defense in Seattle, man, is not doing well. It's really bad. (laughs) Uh, It's really bad. Um, I think they were there was some stat where they're like on or on pace to pass the 2011 Packers pass defense or something. Yeah, and not just pass, pass by a thousand yards. Yeah, which is not something you want to hang your hat on. So I would say probably still third. I mean, this is still a good team. I mean, they have a great defense. It's still Tom Brady. They just got Antonio Brown. So we'll see kind of what dynamic he has once, you know, he kind of gets back in the groove of things. But I still think this is a solid team. I would still kind of put them above uh, Seattle, though, at this point. Yeah. What do we do with Seattle now? Because they don't really have a win against a good team. The team, the, the one good team, quote unquote, that they beat, the Dolphins made a quarterback change shortly after that win. And that was a close game. 
all the rest of their wins are like against the NFC East and, you know, the Falcons. And so I know Green Bay doesn't have that signature win right now either. Um, and it's not going to come on Sunday against the Jaguars, but they still beat the Saints. So, I mean, what? where is Seattle going? Because if I'm the Seahawks, I'm really worried about this passing defense, especially when you look at the teams in the NFC they're going to have to beat. They're going to have to beat Rodgers, Breeze, and Brady in some order to get to the Super Bowl. That's a good point. I mean, they have the Rams coming up Sunday, but you know, I think their biggest test probably will have to be the Cardinals that are left because then they have the Eagles, the Giants, the Jets, and the Washington football team. So not really world beaters. <laughs> right. Um, the, the but the 49ers could be so healthy in week 17, and that could be a much tougher game right. you know, then than it would be now. Yeah, so I would say the Cardinals and then their, their uh, regular season finale against the Niners. But outside of that, there's not a team that you would say – you know, this would be a quality win for them, uh, which is unfortunate for them, though, because I know every team wants to have that statement win. Um, it, just looking at the rest of their schedule, there's not much opportunity there unless, I don't know, unless they can just win out, then, you know, their record would say it. Yeah, I I want to know wh- what you think the differentiation is between the Saints and the Packers right now, because coming into the year, I felt like the Saints were the most complete team, maybe in football. And they didn't show that for the first month and a half of the season, but we saw it on Sunday night against the Bucks. I think that that truly is one of the signature wins of the season for any team right now in the league. So what is what is the distinction right now between where the Packers are and where the Saints are? At this point, I think it's defense. Yeah. It was number one, they got Michael Thomas back, which is always good. So they have their, you know, their full complimentary wep- like offensive weapons, but their defense came ready to play. I mean, they weren't playing 20 yards off the ball on third down and third and short. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's, that's one thing, but I would say their defense probably has the edge over the Packers right now. I mean, they harassed Tom Brady all night. They got, I think the last time I checked, I think they only had two picks in that game. But again, Brady's six picks, four of them came against the Saints. So I think the clear edge right now is is the Saints defense. But again, it's, you know, every team just needs that one win where it just everything clicks for them and then they can just keep on rolling from there. And I feel like that win right there was was Bucks, the Bucks on Sunday night. So again, we'll, we'll see how this Packers team bounces back against some tougher competition later in the year. But Right now, it's you got to look at at uh, New Orleans and kind of say, yeah, they they might be the team to beat, and it's a good thing the Packers beat them earlier this year. You mentioned the opportunity for statement wins, and every team wants to get those. Green Bay has some chances here. I think two weeks in Indianapolis would be a good time. They have the the Titans game and and two games against the Bears. I don't think anyone thinks the Bears are a great team, but if you you know if you go out and beat the Bears by twenty, I think that says something, especially with as good as that defense is. I had a player tell me this week that they'll find out for real how good they are when they play the Colts. Would that would that be it for you? Would that be the solidifying factor? You know, let's say they go out and beat the Jaguars by a normal amount. They you know, they win by two scores on Sunday. And then they go into Indy and get a win. Is that the moment where you say, "Okay, this is this is the prove it opportunity. They proved it." And now, you know, they are absolutely, you know, in that conversation with the Saints. I would say maybe. Um, <laughs> a definite maybe from Lily. Maybe. Listen, I, I, I'm from Indiana. I love the Colts. I'm a Colts fan. Um, they're a good team. Are they like on the level of the Saints? No. However, 
like you said, with the teams that they have left, you can only play who's in front of you. Right. So I think they can if they can dominate in Indy on the road against a good defense, keep Phillip Rivers in check, mm-hmm. and come out maybe you know winning double j- digits. I still think that's going to be a really good win uh, for the team, and it's going to look great in terms of you know seeding and all that stuff in terms of quality wins that they've gotten. But again, like you mentioned, you want to win your divisional games and. They have, you know, two games with the Bears left, which is crazy to say they haven't played the Bears yet, and it's basically almost mid-November. But if if they can take down the Bears, take down the Colts, this team is on – they're in good shape, I think, to to make a run here in the NFC. Yeah, there are some shades here of, of 2014 in this way. I, I didn't think the Packers in 2014 were the best team. But there was a game where I there a couple games where I thought they played like the best team, and they were in position as a as the two seed to get home field advantage, and and they were in position for a while to get the one seed. I think this could be similar. Where I don't know if Green Bay is the best team at its best if their best is the best best. If that makes sense. <laughs> but <laughs> but at the same time, they could get the one seed because. Their schedule the rest of the way. I mean, Mike Clay from ESPN, who puts these together for fantasy purposes, has Green Bay as one of the the top five easiest remaining schedules in the league. So, I mean, another thirteen and three season is not out of out of reach for them. It's really not because if you look at who's left, it's yeah, maybe Chicago or maybe the Colts would be the the third loss there, but. You know, Peter, what I want to see though from this team is when they get punched in the mouth, which it's going to be, you know, it could still happen. It's how do they respond? Because when you look at these two losses this year, there was really it was it was tough for this team to really come back and show some fight. I know the Vikings game was close; there was an opportunity, um, but it's just you know when when this team gets punched in the mouth, can they respond in a big way and score points? That's what I want to see. Um, and again, it's maybe you won't have it in the regular season, but it's the playoffs. Once you get to the playoffs, it's like, you know, zero, zero every week. So if this team can sh- show some resilience, if they get punched them out, they think they'll be, uh, they'll be in good shape here. That has been the metaphor on the show two days in a row. We had Ross Algleman yesterday and, and he brought up the same thing. I brought it up in the open of yesterday. Can we, we need a new metaphor. You kicked in the, <laughs> kicked in the stomach. Let's do that. Or like elbowed in the ribs, something like <laughs> Yeah, that sounds better than punched in the mouth. That's like that's like the the Packers being like, we're gonna bring juice every week. Right. That's like the which you and I also <laughs> repeat constantly. So yeah, I, I, I am I am vowing to to change that. I'm gonna go. I, I like kicked in the stomach because you know you lose the air, you, you you can't breathe for a second, and you're trying to you know you can get sucker punched, but like you get kicked in the stomach, like you, it's gonna take you a second to figure out what's going on. Okay, punch in the gut. I'll say that. Okay, all right. I like that gut punch. That's a that's a that's a good one. I, I don't I don't know how I feel about that right now. I, and I talked about it on the show yesterday. I, I think that you, there are plenty of times you can point to this team responding that way. It, it is interesting that in the games where they have lost, they have gotten down early and have been unable to respond. I don't think that's obviously what you want. You you, you never feel like down 21 the chiefs are out of it right and and there are going to be other teams like that but i don't know how many other teams play well down 20 play well down 14 i mean we saw the bucks on sunday they just keep they just kept playing bad and sometimes the reason you keep playing bad is because you're playing bad and you have a bad game 
So I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I think it, for me right now, at least it's, it's too early to call it a trend just because I think, um, you lose when you play bad. And that's most of the times for, for the Packers in their few losses that they have. You're very, you're very correct there. Um, but I think, you know, what the encouraging thing is, is, you know, they're trending in the healthy direction, which is good to see. Yep. I know Jair is still kind of, you know, out of the mix, but David Bakhtiari, Alan Lazard, Christian Kirksey, Jamal even, um, these guys are making their way back. And that's going to be good to see because the team so far, six and two, they, there's still an extra gear they can kick into. I was talking to Aaron Jones about this yesterday. And he said, you know, we have uh, our full, what was it? What was the term he used? Basically said, when you have all your ammunition in your offense, it, good things are going to happen. So things are going to look better. People are going to start coming back. And, you know, this team right now, I think, is in, is in pretty good shape, which is exciting to say, Peter. It is because just a few weeks ago, we were not excited to talk about this team. We were not excited about the shape they were in. And uh, blowing out a bad team fixes a lot of things. Blow out a bad team two weeks in a row and you and you bring in a lot of positive vibes to that Indianapolis game, which I do think is going to tell us a lot about where this team can go. Can't wait to talk about the Jaguars next week. No, that's not true. But I can't wait to look forward to the Colts game uh, with you. And uh, we'll uh, we'll enjoy the games on Sunday. Sounds good. All right. I want to thank Lily again for joining the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They've added six new flavors to their lineup, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, and a lot more. That's to go along with German chocolate, peanut butter, salted caramel, double chocolate. I love that double chocolate one. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And best of all, they're low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. If you're on keto, they work for that. And if you just want something delicious and you don't want the guilt of eating something that's bad for you, Built Bar has got you covered. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Freighter and Medical College of Wisconsin. With the power of academic medicine, the Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network makes more possible, more humanly possible for patients. More innovations that lead to life-saving treatments, more breakthroughs for complex diseases, and more locations across the region so that academic medicine is never far. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. The Freighter of the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is Eastern Wisconsin's only academic health system. Academic medicine happens through a partnership between a medical school and its affiliated hospitals and clinics. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care, research to find groundbreaking cures, and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. Academic medical centers provide greater access to clinical trials, which can lead to breakthrough treatments and life-saving drugs. Freighter and MCW physicians have been a part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent, diagnose, and treat diseases. It all adds up to more possibilities. And when we do everything humanly possible, you can too. To learn more, visit www.freighter.com. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow for our crossover Thursday my buddy Tony Wiggins is going to be on the show to talk about the very, very sorry Jacksonville Jaguars. And maybe you'll you'll learn some of these players. 
<laughs> I can't imagine very many of them are on your fantasy team. Although, you know, look, DJ Shark, James Robinson, LaVisca Chenault is someone who, uh, you know, a lot of, of Packer fans were looking to have uh, in Green Bay. So, you know, maybe there are, there are more guys that, that you'll recognize than you realize or than I realize. James Robinson is obviously having a really good rookie season. So uh, I'm sure he's having an impact on your fantasy teams or your fantasy seasons. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775. Stay Locked on Packers.